0: Welcome back to the Deep Learning Crowd Podcast, and today we're on episode ten. Today I'm joined by Yonatan Gifman. He is the co-founder and CEO of Desi AI, based out of Tel Aviv. Now, Desi enables deep learning to live up to its true potential by using AI to build better AI. And its end-to-end deep learning accelerator platform enables AI developers to build, optimize, and deploy faster and more accurate models. So they've been super successful as a startup, raising tens of millions in funding, and they're award-winning, and also part of the CB Insights top 100 AI companies. Now, today we get to find out from the founder himself, his story and the vision of Desi. So sit back, relax, and it's good to have you amongst the crowd. Jonathan, thanks for joining me. How are you doing today? Great, thank you for hosting me. Yeah, well, I've uh, definitely been following your company and yourself for a while now. Desi has definitely been on the radar as a recruitment aspect as well. But in terms of business, what you've achieved in such a short amount of time has been exceptional, which is why I'm glad we got to have the opportunity to get on a podcast together. Before I talk about what you're doing, I like to take it a few steps back and sometimes a little bit further back than maybe what some of the guests might expect. So Jonathan, take me Back to your childhood. What was it like for you as a young kid growing up throughout your... You're based out of Tel Aviv, right? Israel. Yeah. Cool. What was that like? So
1: I think that I was very enthusiastic about technology early on. As a kid, I started to play with computers, either playing games after that, a little bit of coding. Uh, it was before the internet, I, I had a BBS, if some of the audience know what it is uh, today. but And then I, I looked on the internet re- revolution and most of the time we built websites. I, I remember that period where building websites was a thing and I think that Since we are at the moment in the middle of another revolution, the AI revolution, it feels quite similar in the sense that there are some people that have those capabilities to build new things on that new platform or that new technology and leverage those capabilities. Those are the early adopters of a new technology. It feels quite the same for me from that perspective of seeing being involved or being in the middle of a revolution and being on the early adopter side of that new technology and explore and discover what can be done with that type of technology so I feel quite the same Uh, like I don't know more than 20 years ago uh, when the internet just started
0: Uh, so yeah maybe 30 years 25. Do you um, by any chance remember your first tech stack either on the uh, back end or front end or whatever it might be.
1: I think that back then we started to, to code with what is called that time, high level programming language, like basic and Pascal. Uh, and this, this was the way to learn coding as a kid. So those were my two first programming languages. And, and then it quite fast moved into Java and then Python. So that was my, my journey in terms of technology stack.
0: Another part of you is that one, yes, you're technical, clearly, but another part of you is that you're entrepreneurial and like a founder, a leader. That takes a different type of person, let's be honest, a lot of technical guys are a bit more introverted, not really wanting or capable to get into the direction you went into. What triggered that from a younger age? Is there anything that led you to be this business sort of orientated individual?
1: I think that one of the aspects is curiosity. Uh, and you're not only curious about technology, but what you can do with that technology and that kind of put the, the, the ground of being an entrepreneur, trying to discover what you can do with your skills, with your capabilities, with, with the technology that, that you, you're building. And the second thing is being surrounded by a lot of people along my journey, either as a kid and in my studies at the Technion that... Walking and collaborating around technology with, with many people like doing in academia is something that brings you to a point where where you b- want to build something together with a team to some audience, to some customer base. And that you're not l- only looking from a technological uh, solution point, but also what is the impact of that technology and on who. So I think that that was for me, the combination of, on one side, building innovative technology, on the other side, thinking beyond that technology of what can be achieved with that technology, what people can do with that technology, and how to build a business around that technology. So, so that kind of completing one of each other uh, in order to build a startup. And, and, and this was the early days of building those curiosity and capabilities of taking that technological skills into making impact.
0: So you obviously had a very good academic background. You got your PhD in computer science in Israel. How did you get from there to what led you to the path to becoming the founder of Desi?
1: That's a good question. I think that we, I worked on deep learning technology and AI along my PhD between 2015 and 2019. And that was quite the early days of, of deep learning. And it was really hard to build deep learning models at that time you needed a lot of compute, not as you need today because the model become larger since then, but GPUs wasn't so available and accessible like today in the cloud or other aspects. So we had our own servers also in terms of how to build, in terms of programming language and skills. We didn't have Python at the beginning. running deep learning. We, we built deep learning in Lua. So at the beginning, it was really hard to build deep learning, to leverage those GPUs in order to train those models. And I look at that as the early days of deep learning and thought like, yeah, it feels the same like the, the early days of the internet when you, you had to write all the HTML by yourself. And today you can build a website with Wix or WordPress in, in five minutes. And the question is kind of where... We will fill that gap, we'll make that technology accessible and available for everyone to build AI. Uh, so, so it won't be like weeks, but having a step towards making that technology easily accessible and available for more people that don't necessarily have a PhD is something that I looked in the early days of the, of the, of the PhD, how can we, we do that after the, the PhD, and then I traveled to Google Uh, I worked there in a team that tried to improve the performance of the algorithms at Google. So I think that what I saw at Google is the scale of algorithms that are working in production environment at Google. And and I understood kind of, okay, that's the lab at the Technion where I did my PhD. That's one thing. But working at Google and, and deploying those algorithms to millions of queries per day is something completely different. And the needs... For a PhD student that building algorithms to write a paper and for someone that want to run these algorithms on a Google scale is two completely different needs in terms of how the Wix, the development platform of the future of deep learning will look like in a few years. And this is where I understood that that. Deep learning practitioners need more tools and they need more tools in order to, to improve how they build algorithms. Because the common practice of building deep learning algorithms or AI algorithms is, is a trial and error iteration. You you put something, you try, you run it on a few days of GPU, you see the accuracy, and then you manipulate a little bit, you change a little bit, train it again and this is how you do trial and error iteration until you converge to a model that suits your needs in terms of how much it's accurate, what is the runtime of those, that model, etc. And the idea is that you don't need that trial and error iteration because someone can do it for you in a much clever way in the model design phase and you can build model, models in a different approach, like you don't need to code a PHP code in order to build a website today. So you can bring that, those requirements to some system and that system will generate the neural architecture, the model for you, and then you'll train it on your data, etc. And this was how we saw AI taking forward uh, for the next five years or something like that, replacing those trials and error iteration, shortening the development time, building a platform that is easy to, to use and, and build AI on top of it. And the most impactful benefit is that you can converge to, to, to algorithms that are running faster or getting more accuracy. So it's not only shortening the development lifecycle, but also providing you better results at the end of the process. And this is what we saw on how to build DESI. This is a deep learning development platform that helps practitioners and data scientists to build models to get better performance or better better runtime for their models in production and, and we're helping large organizations to build AI and getting to better models faster.
0: Well just before we go heavily into that why did you of all people yes you're very educated and you got a great PhD very relevant of course why did you decide to go with this and fill this gap in the market why did you decide to do that?
1: That's a good question. I felt it like a mission that that I must do, like it was something that I felt that I'm in great position to do, that will be interesting, challenging, and I was able to to bring great team together to do that, and and that was the last factor, like uh, do it with great team together. So all of these connected together into founding Desi.
0: And who is the founders? Is it just yourself, or has you got some uh, partners as well? No, so so we are three founders.
1: I'm the CEO, Neve, my PhD advisor. He's a professor at the Technion. He's the chief scientist at the company. And third co-founder, called Joe, he's the CEO at the company and running all the business and, and commercial aspects of the company.
0: Okay, yeah, before I interrupted you, let's go back to what Desi have created. So you've created a deep learning platform, right? development platform so yeah tell me more about this
1: yeah so when you want to build deep learning solution or deep learning models you you have to choose a neural architecture kind of a template that you're starting for from in order in order to build a model but choosing that is not so easy because you either can develop it and invent it or you can use something off the shelf from open source. And in both cases, there are, there are many, many challenges because building from scratch is, is not easy. Uh, competing with the existing architectures that developed by large tech companies like Google, Facebook, and others is not an easy task for project. And also taking those open source models is, is not always exactly what you need. And then people try to manipulate those open source models, and that takes a lot of time. And what we've built is an engine of neural architecture search. It's an automatic engine that generates deep learning models for you by getting your requirements and your needs in terms of the application that you are building, the data set that you have, the hardware that you want to run that model in production, and, and... it takes all those constraints and properties into consideration and automatically design a model that you can train on your data and build a deep learning model out of that, that specifically suits your needs in terms of what accuracy that you're trying to achieve and what model performance you're looking for. And that's significantly shorter and simplified the development process of, of deep learning developers that are trying to, to build deep learning applications today.
0: And what stage are you at? So you only founded in 2019, right?
1: Yeah, so we founded a company slightly more than three years ago. We have a very nice nice commercial traction working with Fortune 500 companies, also large US based organizations. So we have many customers using us across various types and use cases and business verticals from visual inspection in manufacturing, mobile applications, uh, security applications, small city applications, robotics, and many other use cases that are using AI models in order to run the base applications. And those AI teams, like uh, small engineering teams in usually large companies that are building the brain, the the engine behind those applications, are usually stuck in the development process. It takes a lot of time to build those models, and we help them expedite that that development process by bringing automation, the neural architecture search algorithm into the process that helped them design better models and get to the finish line faster with better results.
0: You say finish line faster. When I think of finish line, I think of competition. Every company needs competition. It breeds efficiency. So. How does your product, I'm sure there must be other companies out there doing something similar. Do you have anything that differentiates yourself from other companies? Are you doing anything different?
1: Yes. Yeah, so so many companies try to help data scientists to improve their performance in production, basically. Uh, and we see a technological differentiation between us and the other companies that are doing. So so we are doing performance improvement from the, from the model level. So the idea of improving the models is something that can benefit a lot, both in accuracy and in runtime performance. Most other companies that are looking in on that space are looking from the runtime perspective on, assume you have a model and your model is good, how can you run it faster? How can you improve the runtime performance of that model and make it run better in production? But we are looking on how, on the process, on on building that model. How can you build models that are more efficient, more accurate, and we are helping data scientists in an area of the technological stack that not many companies are entering into it. So that's one nice probability in contrast to, to the competition. The second thing is that our technology is hardware aware that, that can enable significant performance boost in production. As we all know, AI models are very, very large and expensive to run in terms of the computational complexity required in order to run them in production environment. Those usually needs GPUs and many of them. So what we enable is to run those models with less GPU resources, make them run faster and make the applications that running those deep learning models be more efficient and more responsive in the sense that reducing the latency and make them real time applications. So that's another property of our technology that that can enable us to win against the competition.
0: So you've obviously created an AI product. Now I can only imagine that the technical department is one of your most important. But as a CEO, obviously the entrepreneur, the business guy, just so our listeners and myself sort of understand how it is within your business, how you divide up your teams, you know, how like what areas are most predominantly busy or whatever it might be, like technical, marketing, sales, research.
1: That's a good question. You all the time need to balance your team based on business or the company goals. So in the first year of the company, most of the company were R&D people, research and, and, and engineers. And then you build a the marketing, then you build a sales team then you understand that you need more salespeople and you need, now you have customers, you you need customer success, you need the support. So you're all the time adapting the structure of the team to support your goals and your current stage as a company. I think that what's interesting is that the core of deep learning developers and deep learning research is something that you always need more those teams are expanding all the time we we all the time have more features to deliver more things to build more research to do in order to improve our technology to improve our products so, so this is something that i feel that we need all the time so yeah and also about that it it's the most complicated role to fill in the company in my perspective because Deep learning is a, is a new paradigm and as a new paradigm you, you get that there's not a lot of talent pool to choose from for technologies that are relatively new, especially when you talk about senior developers and researchers that have three to five years of, of a technology experience in a technology field that exists for eight years or something like that. So a lot of people entered into AI in the last one, two or three years. But if you're looking for people with five or more years of experience, or well, people that have done PhD in the field, then you you remain with with a very limited pool of of people. So that's interesting. When you want to to build innovative companies in new areas of technology, uh, one of the challenges is hiring experienced people in in that field.
0: Yeah, I can certainly agree with that because obviously I'm a recruiter as my actual business, and yeah, I fully understand finding these people with the years of experience is hard. You know, the talent pool is very short, but I guess that's why people like myself are paid to do so at some times. So let's talk a bit about how it's been for the first three odd years as founder. So how has it been being an entrepreneur, founding your own AI company, how's it been for you?
1: So I think that as a founder, you, you need to wear a lot of hats. Uh, you are starting from a developer, then you turn into a product manager, uh, then into a recruiter. You have to find out <laughs> how to expand your team. Then become the part when you hire people to manage departments in the company. And I think that in that area, what's interesting is how you fill those roles and bring people that are the best in every area. So, so you have a management layer at that point in time. And then that job become different, more about strategy, where you want to take the company, how you read the market, what are the trends, what you're missing as a company, how can you improve the performance of the company? So you start with wearing many hats and being not as good as you want in everything. (laughs) And then you try to hire the best people you can to fill those roles better than you and then you are thinking about the next thing, doing the next thing, the, the next technology innovation for the company, the next feature for the product, uh, etc. So 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 I think that you need to be very adaptive in the sense that roles that you can fill, things that you can do in the company, and how fast you can switch between tasks and concepts and things that you have to do. So those are the main characteristics of an early stage founder in my perspective.
0: What is so difficult about getting culture right? Because you've got about, how many employees you've got now? 60. The bigger it gets, the harder it gets, they say, because you've got more heads to manage and different people, diversity, etc. How have you been getting on with culture? Let me ask you that.
1: That's a good question. I think that from the first day, we felt that this is something that is very important for the company. Uh, I think that the culture in our stage of the 60 people is mainly dominated by who are the first 20 people that you hired and who are the managers that you bring on board. You can't impact or control the the culture as a founder, Uh, or you can, but to, to some level of extent. The way for you to Build the culture that you're looking for is to build the right people, set the right process and infrastructure for them to grow, and to ship that culture that they see from you to the rest of the team. Because when the company is 60 and I guess even more than 60, you're not in contact with with every employee, uh, and you need their managers and the core team uh, that running with you for years to understand what you expect as a founder and to understand and live and feel the culture of the company. So this is also why after one year when we were 25 people, we set our our core values, which is quite early for that move, but we felt that we have what we need in order to imagine how we want to build that company. And that's what, then we stopped, did some workshops in order to to define those
0: core values. What did you have to learn the most when you set up this company? Like, Was there a particular area, whether it's people management, hiring? But let's not talk about hiring right now. I'm just curious what else there was. Anything that you had to really grasp because it's something you were not familiar with?
1: I think that the two... Most challenging areas for me is sales and product management. I think that those are the two key components for founders to lead at the early stage of a company, and I had no experience with any of those. <laughs> so, I think that I had to do a personal ramp up on those two aspects. Uh, we split those topics between the founding team, and then switched, and then switched again. But I think that you get all the time to work with sales and to work with product management and I think that you have to understand at least the principles and and be a good product manager and a good account executive by, by yourself to give a good example and build those practices in the company in the early days.
0: Would you say Yonatan from 2019 is different to Yonatan of 2023? I don't know if if different is
1: the right word but I think that I learned a lot along that journey. I think that Many people consider the, the, the second startup as much easier than the first one. So I think that I, I did a lot of mistakes in, in the last three years that I learned a lot from. So I think that now now I'm better <laughs> as a founder, as a CEO, probably. But I don't think if if different, because it's the right word for, to describe that. Maybe better.
0: Evolved. You've evolved, clearly. Evolved, yeah. So on this journey that you've been on, was there a pivotal moment for Desi and knowing that this product really can work and what you're doing is working?
1: That's a good question. I I think that there's one point last year when we started to go to market, then we felt that, okay, it's going well. Like people ask for that product, people use it, people adopt it into production. So There was one point last year when we felt, okay, we hit it. We're on the right track. It's only a matter of execution until we'll get to the next goal, to the next milestone, because we have the fundamentals right.
0: Nice. And um, what do you say uh, has been some of your biggest achievements? And I just want to put it out there. Like I did some research on you guys, and there is quite a few. You've done some good stuff so soon. But what's been your biggest achievement, would you say?
1: I think that there are several funds. I think that one of them, the two main, main achievements in my perspective is one of them is the team that we were able to build and a research and, and engineering perspective, but not only like the entire team is very strong, very connected together and working as a team. So, so that's one very significant achievement that I feel about the company. The second one is, is the technology that we have. We're seeing time after time how the technology gives a, a significant impact to the customers' use cases. And that's something that is is very nice to see. And we have the you know those standard achievements that everyone has, like being nominated on, on the list of most promising Israeli startups and CB Insights and and some other lists. But I think that those are not like What do you feel from the inside about the real achievements? The real achievements is building a team, building a product, building a technology, seeing your product adopted in very large companies. That's the main achievement that feels so well to see that happening.
0: I love that. Well, of course, the achievement of, for example, CB Insights, I think that is when I first saw Desi. I think it was 2021. That's when I first visually got caught of your logo. And then I think I started following you or something like that. But you're right. It's not always about the external achievements that other people see. It's more about what you've been built internally. And you would only really feel that or the people involved would only really feel that, which is why I love it. And that's another thing that leads me on to a bit more about mindset now, because what you've done requires a lot of hard work, but more importantly, it's the mindset, the motivators. So for you, Jonathan, what motivates you to get out of bed in the morning now? I think that working with
1: customers and seeing that you can make an impact with our product and technology is one thing. Uh, I think that the second thing is working with with our team. We work from office and, and we have a great team with great people that I'm happy to meet every day with the people here in the office. And I think that the third thing is they feel that you are learning as a company as a personal and you're in a constant learning and evolvement motion that at every day that you go to work you become a little bit better in something
0: well the one issue that well it's not really an issue it's a benefit but if you're not keeping up with the times you're going to struggle in the tech and AI market because AI field is continuously evolving which is why you probably said your research team is possibly one of your most important but with the the ever forever evolving AI field is that always going to be a hurdle slash a benefit for the kind of product you're creating so we all the time
1: try to track what's happening in the, in the AI space, either in the academic conferences and, and publications and in other companies. And what we feel that we are somewhere three to five years ahead of the curve in terms of where is our technology today and where is the competition or the open source space or, or the academic paper in our field. And as long as we keep that five years Forward all the time in one X space compared to reality, will keep being ahead of the curve all the time. So that's something that we invest heavily in order to keep that gap. And for that, it's not only bringing great people, you also need to make good decisions about where you invest your resources, what you want to do in with your research team, what topics do you want to research, what directions do you want to take the company, because if you, you go to a dead end, you waste time. When you waste time, you close that gap of five years that I mentioned and it become closer and closer. And sometimes you, you have some surprises that someone built something amazing and, and surprising you. I think that the, the last time I've been surprised from something that emerged in, in AI technology was uh, chat GPT. I think that it was a uh, huge jump in the capabilities or yeah, the capabilities of large language models compared to things that we, we saw before like um, some instructions models and and other stuff. So I think that we are tracking what happens in industry, academia. We still feel that we're ahead of the curve in about five years, but those things are accelerating and now running faster. So those five years might might shrink if we'll not make the right decisions on where to invest our research and, and efforts.
0: Amazing. Well, like I said, I've been following Desi for some time now, and I'm glad we was actually able to have a quick conversation a bit about what you guys are up to. I'm hoping that the listeners of this podcast can really sort of just get some further insights into your business by checking it out. Uh, Where can they find your website and also your LinkedIn, for example?
1: So our website is desi.ai. You can follow us on LinkedIn or on Twitter to get some updates, sign up to our newsletter. Those are the main ways.
0: And well, this will obviously be posted on LinkedIn, so I have your tag in it so people can follow you as well. Is this something you want to be a bit bigger on? Because I, I feel like you, uh, the podcast and stuff like that, I think you've got a, a personal representative, I think, as well. So are you trying to get into the face of the market as well? Is that something your goals are?
1: Yeah, I think that the AI market is a very crowded space and... You can build amazing technology, but you, you have also to practice and improve how you articulate your value and how you bring your
0: product into mar- into the market. So, so that's something that, that we invest. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Jonathan. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm glad we got to do this. And uh, yeah, thanks guys for listening. Appreciate it. Thank you very much.